Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, hey, today we're starting a brand new message series titled Forgotten Virtues. Can you say that with me? Forgotten Virtues. Forgotten Virtues. I am super excited about this four-week series, and I cannot think of a better time than now to talk about some virtues that I believe we have forgotten, and maybe for some, you've never been taught these virtues. So each week, we're going to take one, one virtue, and we're going to go to God's Word and see what God has to say about it. We're going to talk about things like loyalty. Someone say loyalty. loyalty. One week, we're going to talk about integrity. Someone say integrity. We'll talk about gratitude one week. Someone say gratitude. gratitude. But today, we're going to talk about honor. Someone say honor. 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 Um, sadly, we live in a culture that is very, very deep in dishonor and very shallow when it comes to honor. We live in a generation where it's popular to show dishonor to people. They don't agree like me. They don't vote like me. They don't live like me. If they don't have the same moral compass as me, then we show dishonor. And we see it everywhere from the movies we watch to TV shows to social media to news outlets to the comedians on our TV, people dishonoring other people. And it's almost like uh, if you want to be popular... If, if you want to be known, then show more dishonor and, and just cancel people out that don't think like you. Just cancel people out that don't believe like you. Then you'll get a bigger microphone. You'll get a bigger platform. Hmm? Many of us, including myself, grew up and we were taught to honor people, to respect people's property. To honor people like school teachers and coaches. When I was growing up, those were my heroes. Those were the people that I looked up to. We were taught to honor those in authority. Those who wore uniforms in the past and those who wear them in the present. We were taught to honor our father and our mother. And we were taught that you had to honor these individuals because of the position they were in. Listen, and the price that they paid to get where they were at. But I believe we've lost the virtue of honor. Cancel culture has tried to replace the virtue of honor. But as Christ followers, I need you to know that even though we are in this world, Jesus said we are not of this world. Because we are a part of the kingdom of God, a kingdom that demands we show honor. I don't expect too many amens out of this message. They were very few in the first. That just means God is speaking today. So I want you to open up your heart. I want you to look at this message through the lens of your heart. 
Because I believe if we were all honest, we could say we've had some dishonor in our hearts towards people at at least one time in our lives. And I want us to look at the story of Jesus. If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Do you have your Bible today or you didn't bring it because you didn't want it to get rained on, right? I'm going to go with that. That's the reason you didn't bring it. For all of you next week, bring your Bible, amen? BYB here, bring your own Bible. Amen? So we're going to go to Mark's gospel, actually, Mark chapter 6. We're going to look at a story of Jesus, a story that shows that Jesus was limited by what he could do, meaning performing miracles and healing people and all the wonderful powers that he had from God. In this text, in this story, we're going to see that Jesus was limited on what he could do all because of dishonor. Someone say dishonor. And so to give you some context before we read our text, Jesus was returning to his hometown of Nazareth. Someone say his hometown. And he had been gone for about a year, right? What had he been doing for a year? He was traveling around from uh, town to town, community to community, uh, performing miracles, things like raising the dead, right? Things like taking a little boy's happy meal. Come on, somebody. I, I wonder in the happy meal, what did he do with the toy? Anyway, um, moving right along. Raising the dead like Lazarus. What else was he doing? Uh, he was turning water into wine. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So he's gone for a year. He comes back to his own hometown and look what happens. Verse one, Jesus left there went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Listen to what they started out saying. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's the wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? And then someone pipes up and says this. Isn't this the carpenter? Yeah, isn't this Mary's son? And we know his brothers, James and Joseph and Judas and Simon. Aren't his sisters here with us? The Bible says they took offense at him. Verse four, Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house is a prophet. Read those next two words. Say it again, without honor. Because there was no honor, verse five, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few headaches. Come on. Healed a few headaches. Someone had a pinky toe that was out of whack. He healed that. Come on, work with me a little bit. And it says he was amazed at their lack of, of faith. He was amazed. Without honor. That, that word means this, to dishonor, to treat as common or ordinary. Without honor means to dishonor, to treat as common or ordinary. And that's what they were doing to Jesus, treating him as common. Treating him as common. I'm reminded we can do this a lot in our marriages. I've been there, right? Um, 
We can easily do this in our marriage, and the moment we treat our spouse as common or ordinary is the moment dishonor is found in our marriage. You remember when you were dating your soon-to-be spouse? You remember how you used to open the door? Come on, somebody. And the ladies are like, amen. You remember how you used to have flowers ready and a card ready? Come on now. You better have that ready for mom today. You remember how after you got married and there was little notes you would leave on the mirror and the refrigerator and in the car and there were, there were dinner surprises and there were long walks. Come on, somebody. Am I going way back for some of you? <laughs> some of you are like, wow, I forgot all that. <laughs> right? But, but now she's been around for a while, or he's been around for a while, and uh, they're common to you now. They're common, and we start to take one another for granted, and suddenly that, what was great, becomes common. Becomes common without honor. And I've said this many times, what you don't celebrate eventually leaves your life. What you don't celebrate eventually leaves your life. On the other hand, the word honor means to value, to respect, or highly esteem, to treat as precious, or weighty, or valuable. Honor builds up people. Dishonor tears them down. Honor believes the best, but dishonor believes the worst. Honor values people. Dishonor devalues people. And often, we're found saying, well, I can't treat this person with honor because they're not honorable. I don't respect them. I don't like them. Listen, friends, respect is earned, but honor is given. Respect is earned, but honor is given. You can honor someone because of who they are and the position they hold. We don't have to have 100% agreement in order to honor someone. Let's look at what the spirit of dishonor does to the Son of God. Verse 5 and 6. Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Notice it doesn't say he wouldn't do any miracles. It said he couldn't. He couldn't. He, he, he could not do any miracles there. And I'm sure he wanted to. Think about it. Think about it. Jesus is gone for a year. He returns to his hometown. And I'm, I'm thinking like there's going to be a big parade. Come on now. Somebody's going to buy everybody in Nazareth Chick-fil-A. Come on. I felt the anointing right there. Right, right, right there. Chick yep, there it is. There would be signs welcoming Jesus back. Our home town hero. He's back. He's been traveling for a year. We haven't seen him. He's been performing miracles and saving people and changing lives. Here's Jesus. Yay. But there was no fanfare. There was no welcome mat. There was only found dishonor. Why? They had treated him as common and ordinary. They had treated the Son of God. I'm trying to wrap my brain around this. Are you? They treated the Son of God without 
honor. And because of the lack of honor, they had a lack of faith and it limited even the son of God. You see, dishonor shuts down what God puts in people for you. You didn't hear that. Dishonor shuts down what God put in people for you. The miraculous power of God was shut down due to dishonor. Think about that. Everywhere he went, miracles were happening, but he gets to his own hometown, and because they treated him as common and ordinary, he could not do many miracles there because of their dishonor. Are you hearing this today? Question, church, for all of us. Who are you dishonoring that, that has something God put in them for you? Who are you dishonoring that God has put something in them exactly for you, but you can't receive it because of the dishonor in your heart? Could be a spouse, could be a parent, could be someone in authority, could be a teacher, a leader, could be your kids, could be a coach. I don't know. But all I know is this, that when we're found in this spot, we're only robbing ourselves from a blessing that God has for us when we dishonor. Remainder of our time, I want to look at what the Bible says about who we're called to honor. Is that all right today we go to the Bible? Come on, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. Come on, somebody. Let's look at who we are biblically called to honor, okay? Number one, we're called to honor our parents. Yeah, well, I don't don't agree with my parents. It doesn't matter. Well, my, I, I, I'm, uh, you know, something happened years ago and I'm hurt. It does not matter. That does not matter. We are called to honor our father and mother. Look what Exodus says, one of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. It's the only command that has a promise attached to it that you'll live a long life if you honor your father and your mother. Come on, somebody. I didn't always agree 100% with my parents, right? I didn't always agree, and I kind of had my little, you know, falling away and did my thing. Come on, how how many just kind of, I don't care what mom and dad says, I'm going to live my life, and you learn the hard way like me. Come on, how many can be honest? You learn the hard way like me, and now you're older, and you're like, they were right. (laughs) Mom and dad were right. Yeah, they knew more than I thought. I, I'm 43 now, and I'm just realizing that people that are older than me have a lot more wisdom than I thought when I was younger. A lot more wisdom. So now I take time and I listen. Now I take time. I want to talk to people that are way older than me because I can learn a lot from them. And I can navigate life, and I can miss some turns and some crashes and some things if, if they'll teach me the right roads to travel on and the right way to go. I can miss a lot of heartache if I'll just listen to those who have gone before me. And you can too. Honor your father and mother. And some of you are thinking, yeah, that's just for kids and teenagers. No, that's for you too. It doesn't say, uh, you know, when you get to a certain age, you don't have to honor them. And until you take your last breath on this earth, we're called to honor our father and our mother. I've told my kids many times that When you go to a friend's house, you honor their parents, just like you honor your mom and I in this house. Uh, 
So we use words like please and thank you and yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. And the, the newer generation, I don't, I'm not sure if they're being taught that. Oh, you don't want to hear this message today? I'll preach it again at the one o'clock. I'm going to be real happy. I'll go eat a Mother's Day meal with my mom. Everything's going to be good, y'all. And I teach my kids that you, you honor those in authority. You honor those. Those that are older than you, you, you honor them. My kids know if they want to get me fired up, then get caught with the spirit of dishonor. You want to see daddy fly off the handle. I'll get in the flesh real quick. Speaking of that, I see my father get in the flesh real quick when I dishonored somebody growing up. I was on the basketball team my 10th grade year, and I disrespected my coach in a practice. I came home from practice, like walked in the door. Dad's sitting there. How was practice? Oh, it was great, Dad. Really? Your coach just called me. Oh, man. He told me you called him a name. Is that true? I'm like, yeah, it's true. You know you weren't taught that way. We respect those in authority. We respect people. And so due to my dishonor, uh, this time he didn't have the wooden board. He had a belt with a nice little shiny buckle on it. And guess what? That belt hit my rear side pretty hard. Now I'm a better person because of it. Uh, hi, my name is Jacob, and I suffer from being disciplined as a child. Because I was disciplined, I now honor those who have gone before me. Maybe your kids. Anyway, I got to get back to my notes. We got another service. You're lucky. He took that belt and he whooped me. He whooped me. The Bible says you spare the rod, you spoil the child. Nowadays, you probably couldn't do that. But you need to have some form of discipline to teach your kids. And if you don't believe in discipline, then don't ask me to come to dinner at your house. I won't be there. I don't do well with kids that are disrespectful. He whooped me and part of the metal belt hit the front of me. Me and my ignorance, I said, I'm calling the child abuse hotline. My dad said, hang on, let me go get the phone and dial the number for you. Enough about that. It's Mother's Day. Let's honor the mothers today. Because if the, he the husband is the head of the home, the mother is the heart of the home, don't break her heart. And I found this poem. I have to read it. It's titled, When God Created Mothers. When the good Lord created mothers, he was into his sixth day of overtime when an angel appeared and said, you're doing a lot of fiddling around on this one. The Lord replied, have you seen the specs on this order? She has to be completely washable, but not plastic. Have 180 movable parts, all replaceable, run on black coffee and leftovers, have a lap that disappears when she stands up, have a kiss that can cure anything from a broken leg to a disappointing love affair, and have six pair of hands. The angel shook her head slowly and said, six pair of hands? No way. 
It's not the hands that are causing me problems, said the Lord. It's the three pair of eyes that mothers have to have. One pair that sees through closed doors when she asks, what are you kids doing in there? Even though she already knows. Another in the back of her head that sees what she shouldn't, but what she needs to know. And of course, the ones in the front that look at a child when he or she goose up and says, I understand, I love you. I'm so close creating something like myself. Already, she is one who heals herself when she is sick. She can feed a family of six on one pound of hamburger. And she can get a nine-year-old to stand under the shower. (laughs) That's a miracle. Not only can she think, she can reason and compromise. Finally, the angel bent over and ran her finger across the cheek of the mother. There's a leak, she pronounced. I told you you were trying to put too much in this model. That's not a leak, said the Lord. It's a tear. What is it for, asked the angel. The Lord replied, it's for joy. It's for sadness. It's for disappointment, pain, loneliness, and pride. You're a genius, shouted the angel. With a somber look on his face, the Lord said, I didn't put it there. I didn't put it there. I don't know if you know, but mom turned upside down spells wow. Can we give it up for all our moms one more time? Come on. So we honor, number one, according to God's word, we're called to honor our father and our mother, right? Number two, according to God's word, we're called called to honor those in authority. Romans 13, Paul dedicates a whole chapter on honoring those who are in authority, our government officials, from our local to our national. In Romans 13, 7, he says, give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe respect, then respect. If honor then honor. Uh, I've said it, when I was growing up, we honored teachers and we honored firefighters, we honored police officers, we honored coaches and bosses, and we honored those who served our country, those who were in the military, we honored our president. Well, I just don't agree with certain individuals. Honor doesn't mean 100% agreement. I don't have to honor somebody just because I agree 100% with them. Even if we don't agree on everything, we are still asked by God to honor the office or the position that they hold. Are you hearing me? So we honor the office if we can't honor the person. Okay? I've prayed for every president, from Bush, Obama, Trump, to Biden. I don't agree with a lot of their policies, but I'm required by God's word to still honor them and to pray for them. And let me tell you what it's done to me. Because some of those, out of those four presidents, some of them my, my Bible lines up with, some of them they don't. And the ones that didn't, you know what I found myself doing? Maybe getting a little, little bitterness and hatred in my heart towards it, right? I started to pray and guess what? That whole thing left. And here, here, here's what I want to tell you. Praying for those in authority may not necessarily change policies and laws of the land, but it will change you. Yes. 
It will change you. It will change you. I don't have to like their personalities. I don't, I don't have to like everything that they stand for, right? But God says, hey, pray for those who are in authority over you. Read Romans 13, the whole chapter. It talks about it. Praying for those in authority over us is a crucial command given to every Christian. Regardless of political alliance or viewpoint, we need to pray for those in authority over us. What do we need to pray? We need to pray for wisdom. We need to pray for God to move on their hearts. We need to pray for them to hear and acknowledge the influence of God in their lives. Why? Because prayer is what devoted followers of Jesus do. Hmm? Don't get caught up in a spirit of dishonor. Social media has been a place to mock, insult, and degrade authority figures we disagree with. Can we just agree that we disagree and still honor? Come on now. I'm afraid our nation is at a place where it's, no, we can't do that even. But as believers, we're required by God to do so. We're required by God. One of the best ways we honor God is the way we respond to those who are in authority. Hmm? Well, I just don't agree with everything going on in our nation. Did you vote? No, I didn't vote. Well, keep your mouth shut then. Your right as a citizen is to vote. People all the time complaining about our cities and from, all the way from the mayor to the commissioners and all the way up. Our governor and all that. But, but uh, are you voting? Well, no. Okay, then don't say anything to me about that. Right? Some of y'all are with me. Some of you got off the train. There's another stop in about five minutes. You can get back on. It's crucial, critical that we choose to honor those we disagree with. Third group of people we're called by God to honor is church leaders church leaders. It's easy to fall into a pattern of thinking that leaders are superhumans or super Christians. But in reality, they are human and they face the same battles that you face. People who step into leadership roles set foot into positions of influence, guidance, and more responsibility. And because of this, they can face much opposition from the enemy as well as their own flesh. Not to mention the load of balancing family and ministry, and everything else in between. Paul tells Timothy, 1 Timothy 5, 17, the elders who direct the affairs of the church are well worthy of what? Double honor, honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. That'd be me. (laughs) Double Chick-fil-A cards for Pastor's Appreciation Month. Double Krispy Kremes. Thank you for bringing two dozen Krispy Kremes to my house yesterday. Oh, I felt the glory when I bit into that donut. I thought of you. I thought of you as I ate about three of them. Huh? (laughs) Only three. (laughs) So those who are in a spiritual authority, those who help govern the church, all the way from our pastors to our elders to our team leaders, amen? We're called to honor them. Well, I just don't like that person. I don't like that person that's in leadership and I don't like their personality. You don't have to like them in order to honor them. 
We have different temperaments, different personalities, different upbringings, different views, and we may not always see eye to eye, but we are required by God to honor one another. So we're called to honor our church leaders. We're also called by God to honor each other in the church. Romans 12.10 says this, love one another with brotherly affection. And I love this part. Outdo one another in showing honor. That means when you come into church, we should outdo one another in showing honor. When you see somebody excelling, when you see somebody stepping up, when you see somebody using their gift and fulfilling their God-given purpose, you should show them double honor, it says. Show them double honor in the church. When you go pick up your kids from kids' church, you should show those workers double honor. You should use these powerful words, thank you. Thank you. So I could worship and hear the word. You were teaching my kids about God's word. Thank you. And by the way, here's just a card, a little token of love. And we put a little gift in there for you, for all you do to teach the next generation about Jesus Christ. Come on. We should honor those who serve. What about the parking team on a day like today? We should honor them that they're out there with umbrellas getting wet. They don't have to be out there. They don't get paid to be out there. They do it because they love you and they love God. We should honor people in the church. What about our cleaning team that nobody sees but the church mice? There's no church mice in here, by the way. Someone's like, do we have a mice problem? Pastor keeps talking about the church mice. No, it's just an expression that dad passed down to me. (laughs) Huh? We, we should honor them. It, let's outdo one another in honor. That, remember that word honor means to lift up, to build up, to encourage. What would happen? Just think about this. If, if dishonor stopped the Son of God from performing miracles and touching people's lives, what would dishonor do in the context of our church? If Jesus wasn't able to perform miracles and use his God-given gift and talent and fulfill his purpose, think what dishonor would do in the context of our church. We're called to honor each other. I don't have to go out to eat with everybody. Not everybody may be in my friend's circle, but I am required by God to honor them. I am required by God. Are we in the Bible today? I just want to make sure. I got 20 seconds left to get the last point to you. Are you doing all right today? Okay. The last, according to God's word, we're called to honor, and that's our God. We're called to honor our God. So we're called to honor our father and mother. We're called to honor those in authority. We're called to honor church leaders, and we're called to honor God. And I love Psalms 22, 23. You who fear the Lord, praise him, all you descendants of Jacob. Honor him, revere him, all you descendants of Israel. I firmly believe that the reason that our culture is so dishonoring is because people aren't honoring God. When I was growing up, there wasn't a question if we were going to church. It wasn't a question if we were going to honor God because church wasn't just something we put on our schedule. It was our life. God wasn't the big guy in the sky. Jesus wasn't my homeboy growing up. But now we've treated God as common. 
I believe we treated his house as ordinary. So I just show up whenever I feel like it. I want his blessings. I really don't want to surrender my life to follow him. We, we haven't honored God according to this book. He said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And I know what the church people tell me, the stat people, 20% of your church ain't ever returning since COVID hit. They're going to watch online. They're not going to come to a physical building. Not here. They're going to come. They are coming. Because there is no substitute for what you can get by joining together with believers of like precious faith. There is no substitute for the atmosphere of faith. You can't get it through a screen. Now, on the other hand, we're grateful for all that God is doing on our online campus. We're grateful we're able to minister to shut-ins and people who physically and health-wise can't come to the house of God. We're grateful that a new person may check us out online first. We're grateful to reach people in other states and other cities with our online campus. But if you have two legs and you're able to come to the house, get yourself to the house of God. There is no substitute. There is no substitute. Why? Because God wants to be first in your life. He just doesn't want to be on the list. He wants to be number one, the first and the best. And the Bible talks about many ways that we honor God. One is by attending his house. It also says we honor God when we love and we help the poor. It says we, we honor God when we help the widows and the orphans. It says we honor God when we bring the first part of our increase, our tithe to his house. These are all ways in the Bible. It says we honor God with our faith. You know, your faith honors God. Do you know that your worship honors God? The Bible says that when, we, when you were in a moment of worship and you were lifting hands and maybe you didn't even feel like it, maybe you didn't feel worthy to be in his presence, but your faith, your worship honored God. Hmm? It also says we honor God by taking care of our bodies. It's one way we honor God. Many ways in the scripture that we can honor God. But I want to encourage you today. Let's bring back the forgotten virtue of honor. Let's honor. Man, we're never going to see eye to eye. Nah, we're human beings. Different personalities, different temperaments. But I believe when we bring honor back to the house of God, we bring honor back to those in authority, we bring honor back to our father and mother, that something supernatural can happen. If there was no honor and Jesus couldn't do miracles, imagine what could happen if there was honor in his house today. Imagine what happened if we all examine our hearts, examine our hearts to say, God, is there any dishonor towards somebody in your house or an authority figure? If we examine our hearts, what would happen? How the miraculous power of God would begin to flow at our campuses. When we honor each other, we're honoring God. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that we're bringing back the forgotten virtue of honor. We're bringing it back in our lives, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you're showing us different areas of our life that we can honor people, that we can pray for people, that we can build up people. We can encourage others as we honor them.
We thank you, Lord Jesus. Most of all, we want to honor you because you have been so good to us. You've been so faithful to us. And so we want to lay down our lives. We want to pick up our cross daily and follow you. Sometimes it's not perfect. Sometimes we fall short, but God, our hearts are to honor you in everything we do. So I thank you, God, that every person in the sound of my voice, that we would be a people of honor. We would be a people of honor. We would not side with people who mock and criticize and put down and tear down others because they believe different and act different and think different and vote different. But we would be a people that honor each other. We would bring back honor to the house of God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you're here today and you're far from God. We want to give you an opportunity to put your faith and trust in Jesus. You have a void in your heart. It's a God-sized void, and only God can fill it. Many times we try to fill it with other things in life, a relationship, with possessions or money. We try to fill it with a substance, and it'll never get filled until God is invited into that space. Today, I want you to know that God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay the way you are. He's got an amazing plan and purpose for your life. He's got a calling and a, and a, a purpose for you to fulfill. And he wants to reveal that to you. And it all starts as you make him the Lord of your life today. The Bible says that when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, you are now saved. And it's the starting point of your spiritual journey. You're going to have many other steps after that. But this is the most important decision of your life. God knows you. He knows every part of you. And he loves you the way you are. Now he wants you to know him. Know him personally. So we're going to pray with you in just a moment. We're not here to embarrass you or call you up front or anything like that. But if you're here today and you say, Jacob, include me in on this prayer. Throw up that hand right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. Hands up everywhere. Yeah, throw it up. You're ready to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You're ready to rededicate your life to Christ. I see all those hands in the back. Wow, that's a lot of hands. A lot of young people raising their hand. Proud of you guys. So proud of you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. They're still popping up. They're still popping up. Pray, people, pray. God is moving. It's the greatest decision of your life. You will never be the same from this day forward. And you have a family now that loves you and is going to walk with you through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Come on. Let's say this prayer with them, church. Say, Jesus, I invite you into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe you died upon the cross for my sins. Today, I repent of those sins, and I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we put our hands together, church? Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. 
For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.